Good morning. Welcome to Community Church. Today we're going to be worshiping God. We're going to be declaring His glory, declaring the power of His name. The beautiful thing about the Word of the Lord, when you speak the truth, it says that in Isaiah, it says, His Word will not return void. You know, this morning I uh, I was thinking of Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes. And there's one that says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. You know, that is one one piece of scripture that has been ridiculed by the violent. It's been ridiculed by the aggressive. It's been ridiculed by those who want to make their kingdoms in this present world, in this present dominion. But I'm telling you, God is going to have his way. The meek, the gentle, the unassuming will inherit the earth. Why? How will they do that? Not through might, not by power, but by his spirit. Because whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. We're not looking and we don't have to be strong in and of ourselves. But we today, as we worship, as we live in Christ, we are accessing a power without end that has the ability to subdue and subjugate everything under Jesus. God is going to subdue every name, every force, every dominion. Everything that rises up against the knowledge of God will be brought under. So as we worship today, let your sound be a declaration of the confidence in the inevitable that he shall have dominion. Thank you, God. I feel such an amazing spirit of worship, such an exaltation of God. And I feel to say, listen, there is a prophetic strategy of God in the earth right now. When the church is weak, when the church is without influence, when the church, when there is no power coming through the body of Christ, the enemy ignores us. But what's happening all over the world, true worship is beginning to rise. A sound of faith is beginning to rise. The sound of worship in spirit and truth is beginning to rise as the earth has never seen. And it's opening up an avenue for the kingdom of God to manifest. And I believe, I believe that demonic structures are crumbling in nations right now all over the earth. I believe the enemy is raging against the sound of worship because this, he is being intruded on like no other generation. And I'm telling you, this is going to increase. And he will do everything he can to quiet the church. He will ever do everything he can to keep you from worshiping and releasing the sound of faith. But I'm telling you, God will have dominion. There is none like you, God, in all the earth. Hallelujah. You reign, Lord. You rule and you reign forever and ever. You reign forever and ever and ever. 
You are the beginning. You are the end. You are the Alpha and the Omega. And God, we honor you as that today in our hearts and in our homes. We bow our knees to you, Lord, and we confess that you are with us in this space and in this time now. And you've gone ahead of us and you've made a way for what is to come. And so, God, we fix our eyes on you, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And we pray that you'd come and you'd just set our hearts on you now as we settle into your word this morning. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, good morning, Community Church. <laughs> it's, it's so good to be here this morning. I have just like felt such a fullness in my heart today about sharing with you all. And it's been like c- kind of rumbling in my spirit since Chris asked me to speak. And so for those of you who don't know who I am, uh, my name is Jen Bannis, and I am Pastor Handsome's wife. <laughs> Yes, so um, a couple weeks, well, actually, it was about a couple months ago, um, Pastor Chris actually uh, banned me from using his former nickname. It was was a really tough time for me because I've been using a special nickname for him for many, many years, but he's decided he's outgrown it. I didn't even get a vote in the matter, and... um, So he said that I couldn't use it anymore in the house or in church. So I had to quickly come up with a new nickname for him. So just so you all know, in case you're wondering, Pastor Chris's new nickname is Pastor Handsome. And I just love it. I don't know what he thinks about it. So anyway, thank you, Pastor Handsome. Uh, So today, uh, I have a message for mamas. But you know, as I dug into this a little bit more... I felt like it translated to us as a body, to us as a people. It, it's so much more than, than even just for mamas. But first, I want to share with you. <laughs> this week, I was, I was thinking back to what it was like to be a mum of young kids in our church. And there were, two, <laughs> there were two memories that popped up. One of them was uh, when my boy, Kalen, he was probably, I'm thinking he was probably about two or three years old. And mums, I don't know if you're in that stage right now with your kids or not, but um, that, that can be a busy age. And good luck if you, you are going to make it through a whole service with a two-year-old sitting quietly beside you. And so Kaylin was an active kid, and this was one of those times where I had pulled him out into the foyer and was basically just trying to survive the service at this point in time. And um, I'm going to out another family in the church. Biella Bayless was playing with him. Now, Biella and Kaylin are about the same age. And Katie Bayless and I are standing, chatting away, and sort of peeking and watching the service. And all of a sudden, we hear this bang, and we turn around, and Kaylin and Biella have knocked a garbage can over and are rolling it through the foyer 
<laughs> laughing and playing. And, and this man that I didn't recognize came storming over, and he picked up the garbage can, and he put it down, and he looked at me, and he shook his head, and he, he kind of frowned at me, and I thought, whoa, that was a win for the pastor's wife. Whoa. Um, and then the other memory that I had was when Mally, my daughter, she was, she was, oh, I don't think she was even a year old, and she had this obsession when we were in public places as sort of like her like safety net. She would put her hand down my shirt and just sit it there. And, and one morning d- during worship, I'm up at the front and um, worshiping away. I've got my hand up in the air, and she shoved her hand down my shirt. But for some reason, she decided that just wasn't enough, and she took a hold of my blouse, and she pulled it down and shoved her other hand in. And so here I am with hand up in the sky, you know, praising the Lord and my arm around her and my blouse has been pulled down by my daughter and so of course my instant reaction is pull my blouse up and try and take her hand away but she's at that age that temper tantrum age which I know many mothers don't know anything about but I'll tell you about what it's like so Mally's thing was when something happened that she didn't like she'd throw her head back she'd throw her body back and she'd ball and flail and so she's still got a hold of my blouse and she throws her body back and is flailing around and bawling and as she you know like the weight of her body's pulling my blouse forward with her and at that moment our pastor's going okay people push in push in press into the presence and I'm like look I'm just trying not to be naked in church right now so thank you so much but so of course I leave with flailing Mally and pull myself together and um yeah, so these are some of the memories that I have being a, a mom of young kids in service, in Christian community. And, you know, there were a lot of times that I would be um, not in the sanctuary but pacing through the hallways with crying, colicky babies or trying to keep them from rolling garbage cans through our church or um, keeping them from exposing me to the community. And there were times in my head I would just say, I don't know if it's worth it to come to church. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm not catching the presence of God right now. I'm just trying to keep my kids from melting down, or I'm worshiping with one eye closed as my son is crawling under the pews. And there's the sense that I'm missing out on something, you know, because I can't fully enter in, because what I've been used to has been taken away from me. And now that wasn't a complaint, but it was more just, wow, this is a huge adjustment. I don't know how to do this. I don't know if I want to keep coming to church when I'm so overwhelmed. Um, and, and, you know, I went through that for a long time before the Lord visited me in that. And so I remember the day so vividly. I was in my kitchen, and my kids were bashing around the house, still very little. I, I remember actually Mally had gotten into my Tupperware cupboard for about the 45th time that day. And she was doing this sort of whoosh, 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 where you just like throw everything out of the cupboard at rapid rate while I try and shove it back in. And um, I remember thinking, wow, this is tough, and I don't really know where you are, God. And it was like, the, the breath of God moved into the room and blew on me. And he said to me, Jen, I can meet you wherever you are, and you will not miss a thing. And the truth of that, the breath of that, it was like Jesus walked in the room and breathed on me. The truth of that just hit me, and I was like, yeah, 
that's what I've been worried about. I've been worried about missing it. I've been worried about this fact that as I carry the weight of motherhood, I'm going to miss the rest of, of, of the village, that, that I'm going to miss out on the anointing that falls in the sanctuary. I'm going to miss it. And I felt like something happened to me that day where, first of all, God said, I see you. And number two, he said, I'm with you. And number three, you're not going to miss it. And so, mamas, I just want to say to you, uh, I see you. And uh, God is with you, and you're not going to miss this. And, and people of God, he sees you. He knows you. You're not going to miss it. Because God is bigger than this space. He's bigger than our constructs. And, you know, that's a term I use in counseling. I'm a, I'm a counselor. Um, in, in counseling, we talk about how as we grow up, we create systems for ourselves, for our families, for our community. And sometimes those are man-made in nature. Um, you know, let me give you an example. When we were in... Um, Uganda and the refugee camps, the way that the Congolese people worshipped was very much different than the way we worship here at home. Some of that is a construct. They've created a style of worship based on who they are, based on the sound that's in them, based on their culture, and we've done the same thing. Well, let me just say that God, God is bigger than our constructs. The, the boxes that we've created... He's bigger, wider, broader, more powerful, more layered, more, more spectacular than the constructs that we've created based on our understanding of who he is. And so today, I just really feel like, and actually I'm going to read what I wrote down because last night I was praying, praying through this about what does it mean for us to see and know God beyond our constructs, beyond this space, beyond what we know of him. And this is what he said to me. He said, I can and I want to meet you outside of your Christian construct. If you welcome me, I will come. I want to show you my bigness and my closeness. And I don't even know if bigness is a word, but maybe that's just the way my brain relates to God. His bigness and his closeness. And so I just want you to open up your hearts for a moment and begin to think about God coming to you where you are at, God meeting us where we're at, but also God superseding the constructs that we've created about him and of him up till this point. Because in this season, this COVID season, he's shaking our constructs. He's shaking what we built in our own hands so that his kingdom can be built. And you know what? He's going to shake what can be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken will remain. And so I just want to say, listen, if you're feeling like you're missing it, you're missing God because you're stuck in your homes or you're not gathering with the broader community or worship is different than you're used to, it's okay because God is bigger. God can move in that space and he can, he can shake up these constructs in our brain and he can challenge our way of thinking and doing uh, kingdom life. And that's what he's doing in this season. And so this is a word of encouragement to you that he's coming and he's shaking us up. So I just want to read you a few scriptures. Now, 
These scriptures that I have here are ones that I have relied on over the years. They've been like my food as a young mom, as a, as a woman uh, living in Africa, as, as a pastor's wife, all those like roles that I've played that have been challenging for me. And so first of all, I want to read to you um, about the closeness of God, okay? So John 14, 16 through 17. So if you have your Bibles with you, open that up right now and read with me, okay? John 14, 16 through 17. I'll ask the Father, so this is Jesus speaking, and he'll give you another advocate. I love that word. He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, not just outside of COVID, not just in the church, forever. He's your advocate. And he calls him the spirit of truth. Okay, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you. He lives with you and will be in you. Okay, so I hold on, I grab hold of this verse all the time because the truth is, is that he is the truth and he is my advocate and not only does he live with me wherever I am in any season, but he is in me, he's inside of me. I'm not going to miss anything because he's in me. Now the other one that I love, and this is for the mamas, is Isaiah forty eleven. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. Oh, I remember reading that over and over and over again as, as a young mom because it was like, I need you to be gentle because I, I am not measuring up. I'm not doing well. And how many of you have actually said that during this season where it's been like, I am not doing this well. You know, you've been inside your home with all your kids or with your spouses or you're just so tired of doing Zoom meetings. You just want a hug from somebody and you're thinking, I am not doing this well. I thought I was better than this. And I don't know if that's just my language, but maybe that's what you're feeling right now. And and, and I love that it says he, he gently leads those that have young. He carries them close to his heart. And so even if in this season where we're separated from one another, where maybe we're not practicing community like we normally do, but he is gentle with us. He understands that we're being challenged. He understands that we're being shaken. And he, he knows that we're concerned about missing out. He understands, but he is in us and he is gentle with us. Okay, now... This one I love, Deuteronomy 31.6. And now um, the context of this is he, he is speaking to the Israelites. And man, did the Israelites ever face challenges. Talk about losing their sense of construct. So many times in history, the Israelites lost everything. Lost everything that they knew and understood to be real and true and good. Well, this is one of those times that the Lord encourages them by saying this. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. He's talking about their enemy. For the Lord your God goes with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Now, I want you to understand something. The moment that COVID began, the Lord your God was with you. 
He never left you. He never forsook you. He was with you. And you don't need to be terrified. You don't need to be afraid because the Lord your God is with you. And so here's what I'm going to challenge you with is that in this season, you are going to need to use the mind of your spirit to speak to your thoughts and your emotions. You're going to need to take these words and you're going to need to remind yourself of who God is, where he is, and who he is in your life. You're going to have to do that in order to keep yourself from entering into fear and doubt. Does that make sense? Yeah? There was a few people in the room that said, yeah. Okay, now, there's another thing. Um, How would I say? There's another theme within the theme. Now, I... I've had these moments the past two weeks. I don't really know how to describe them. But very similar to what happened in that morning when I was with my kids and the the Lord God came in the room and shifted my thinking. I've had these moments the past couple of weeks where I felt almost like a rumbling in the spirit. Almost like a low hum in the ground. And it's like I have to stop because I know I'm standing on holy ground. And I can feel the breath of God come into the room, and I am shaken. And in this season, I feel like God wants to show us um, how he wants to show up. Not how we design for him to show up, but how he wants to show up. And I want to read to you two scriptures. And once again, this goes back to this theme of the mind of your spirit reminding you who God is. Okay, now remember um, in John 20, Jesus had died. Now talk about a construct being broken. The disciples had walked with Jesus, their Savior, their Lord, their friend, for three years. They believed that he was going to rescue them from the oppression of the government. Instead, they watched him nearly mauled to death and then nailed to a cross and die. And there they were, huddled in a room together, uh, completely broken Uh, completely devastated because everything that they thought the kingdom was going to look like had been lost. Now, I just can't even imagine the grief, the disillusionment, the loss they were feeling. Um, And so here's what happens. Jesus shows up in the room. Dead Jesus shows up in the room. He appears before them. He supersedes the walls of the room. And he shows up in front of them. And it says in John 20, it says this. uh, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you, right? And then it says, with that, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now that wasn't the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was Jesus breathing on them as a foreshadowing of what was going to happen in Acts. And he breathed on them. And you know what happened? They became encouraged. 
and they saw Jesus as the resurrected king. So he moved beyond their constructs. He moved into the space that they were in, and he breathed on them. And remember in Acts uh, 2, 1 through 4, the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Once again, they're gathered in a room. They weren't at a church. Uh, they weren't at a, um, a big service. They were gathered together in a room. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So once again, God, the Spirit of God, shows up as he pleases. He shows up in the space where they're gathered together, one heart, one mind. And he baptizes them in that spirit. Now, I want to tell you a quick story. Um, and I've told this before in our church. Um, when I was a little girl, I decided to become baptized. I think I was going into nine years old. I was nine years old, so whatever grade that is. And uh, I was reading um, what the church had given me, which was a little pamphlet about, you know, the doctrine of, of the church and that sort of thing and why you get baptized. And one of the things that it said was... Um, you have to be saved, and you have to be baptized in the Spirit. And now at that time, they would say, um, one of the evidences of being baptized in the Spirit is speaking in tongues. And I was so grieved because I had never had that experience. And I actually started to cry because, to me, it was so um, heartbreaking that I hadn't had that experience, that I didn't have the, the, the baptism, uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit inside of me. And so I remember going to my mom and saying, uh, I can't get baptized. And she said, why? And I said, well, I haven't been baptized in the Spirit. And my mom, oh, she's, she was so wise. She looked at me and she said, Jen, Jenny actually is what she called me. The gift of baptism of the Holy Spirit is just that, a gift. Just ask for it and he'll give it to you. And so in that childlike faith, I just went into my bedroom laid on my bed. I remember I laid on my bed like this. I'm not sure what I thought was going to happen. I, I don't know. Um, and, but I <laughs> did this. And um, I just said, okay, God, thank you for your gift. And in that moment, boom, the Spirit of the Lord fell on me, and I started speaking in tongues. Now, there wasn't, I didn't call the elders into the house. They didn't anoint my head with oil. I, I wasn't in a room full of people with worship going. In faith, I received the breath of God into my life because I knew it was a gift and he was offering it to me and all I had to do was ask. And I tell you what, my life changed after that because that was the beginning of my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, as I said earlier, there was this statement that God gave me. He said, I can and I want to meet you outside of your Christian construct. If you welcome me, I'll come. I want to show you my bigness and my closeness. And do you know what you need in order to do that is surrender. Surrender to whatever 
control or construct you've been holding on to. Let go of it. And invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to come as he is. Not as you think he is. Not as you wish him to be. As he is, because in this season he wants to come as he is. He wants to show you who he is. And so that means that you have to let go of wishing that you're here in the service, wishing that you could be out and about and doing all these things, and it's okay to miss those things. It's okay to grieve those things. But for us to fight for the right to that right now and miss out on what God is doing is not worth it, especially if it means missing who he is and what he's going to do next. I am just feeling that right now. I'm finding it hard to stand. He's doing a new thing. And I'm asking you to surrender what you once knew in order to get ready and be available for what is to come and who he is in this season, okay? You're not going to miss anything if you will surrender. You're not going to miss anything if you'll invite him into the space that you're in. That's what I did in my bedroom as a little nine-year-old. I invited him into my space. I didn't go to church to get the Holy Spirit. I I, I didn't have to go and ask others to to give that to me. He met me in my room as a nine-year-old. And you know what? In my kitchen as my kid was decimating my Tupperware drawer as I was doing dishes, God met me there. He can meet you where you are. And so even right now, I'm just going to pray. God, I pray this prayer of surrender. I ask that you would come into the space that we're in, as crazy and chaotic and different and unknown and hard as it is. You're so much bigger than all of our spaces and places and constructs, and you're doing a new thing. And we want to be the wineskin that receives this new wine that's coming for this generation for such a time as this. And we know that you're bigger and more powerful than we could even imagine, and we don't want to be the ones that stop that from happening in this time and in this season. And so, God, come into our spaces and our places. Meet us where we're at. We surrender now and we receive you, God. We ask that you would come and you'd fill us to full and you'd show us who you are. And even right now, I just pray for an opening of the eyes of the Spirit for everyone that's watching right now, that the eyes of your Spirit would be opened, that that any veil that is before your eyes would be pulled away and that you would see him for who he is and where you have been deafened by disappointment. Break it off in Jesus' name. Hear the sound of the Lord whispering in your ears. And for those of you whose hearts have been broken are dulled, I pray an awakening. You know, the word says that a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. And do you know what I've been asking for lately? God, where our wicks have smoldered in this season, light our fire again. And we're, uh, we're like a bruised reed where our backs are bent and we kind of don't know how to get back up again. Strengthen our frame. Cause us to stand firm in who you are. 
And we receive this from you, God, because you're a merciful, loving, present, powerful God. And we receive that today. And so I want to break off that fear over you that you're going to miss out on God, that you're going to miss out on the move of the Spirit, that you're going to miss out on his anointing, that you're going to miss out on his presence. Ain't going to happen. He's bigger. He's way bigger. So be encouraged today. Be blessed today. Uh, God's not going anywhere. It doesn't matter what's happening with COVID. He's not going anywhere. So I love you and I bless you today. I pray the Lord would bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and give you great peace. You know, as Jen was speaking, it just made me think of something. We're going to close here in a second, and, and we're going to sing a song. It's called I Speak Jesus, and it's, it's perfect for this moment. And as she was sharing, it reminded me of a friend I met probably about two years ago, and he was sharing his testimony with me. And he was sharing about his younger years when he didn't believe in Jesus, and he actually didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. And then circumstances went away in his life, and unfortunately he ended up in prison, and he said, you know, when I was in prison, I spent a lot of time alone. And I remember one day when I was sitting in prison by myself, I literally heard the voice of Jesus Christ. And that day when I heard his voice and when he began to speak into me, something inside of me opened up. And as he shared his testimony, it gave me shivers because it's just like what Jen said. Jesus isn't confined by walls. He can be with you wherever you're at. Just like he was with that individual. That individual is serving Jesus and loving Jesus now. Met him in prison, by himself, in a jail cell. So I know this, and we join with you today that wherever you're at, Jesus is with you. And so we speak Jesus into your situation. We speak Jesus into your life. We speak Jesus into your finances. We speak Jesus into every single part of your journey. And I ask you right now to join and just begin to ask Jesus to come into every area of your life. And guess what? He will, because that's who he is. So God, we pray a blessing on each person that is watching right now and each person that's going to watch this week. We pray that you would touch them in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray a special blessing on every single mom. We thank you for them, and we know you're so proud of them, God. So continue to give every mom strength and wisdom to know how to be the best mom they can be. And, Father, we just pray the blessing of the Lord upon our congregation, upon our community, and upon our nation. In Jesus' name, amen.